Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives, and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. Create one-on-ones your reps will thank you for, and use Xvoyant to help your sales managers create unique plans for every rep on your team. Xvoyant is here to help at this time of crisis. We've put together a sales leadership seminar for sales leadership teams of all shapes and sizes. The current sales leadership crisis will far outlive this COVID crisis we're all facing. And after working with literally hundreds of sales leaders around the world, I've found four levers the most successful sales leaders are adjusting to effectively navigate the storm facing us all right now. This is a one-hour interactive presentation for your sales leaders conducted by me. This seminar is supported by a workbook with key activities you can conduct with your sales leaders, as well as a private website with videos to help you implement each of of these levers in a way that will help you create as much influence with your team as you possibly can. We offer this free for all sales leaders. There are no strings, no asks, and nothing but an experience that will motivate and inspire members of your sales leadership team. To schedule your private seminar with your team, hit me up today. Now. Get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Sam Dunning, sales director and co-owner of WebChoice. Sam's team helps businesses with what I believe is the hardest part of sales, and that's pipeline development. Sam's company helps skyrocket leads, guarantees page one Google search results, and helps salespeople stand out in a sea of noise. Now, under Sam's leadership, the company is having tremendous growth, and he has the opportunity to work really closely with sales leadership teams of all shapes and sizes as he helps them solve modern sales challenges. That's why I had to have him on the show, because his perspective is one that all of us need to listen to. Sam's also the host of his own podcast, Sam's Business Growth Show, and he has a great understanding of the unique things facing salespeople today. Now, I first met Sam in our recent UK versus USA sales showdown, and even though Team USA reigned supreme, I was impressed with Sam and his understanding of what's happening in sales right now. I'm so excited to have him join us. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Rob. Yeah, excited to jump in today. Really appreciate you having me on, and thanks for the very kind intro, man. So yeah, looking forward to, to talking all things sales and hopefully adding some value to, to your listeners and your audience. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Um, I was very impressed as I listened to some of your perspective. And, and I think it's because two things, you're working with a lot of different sales orgs as they address problems now, right now in the middle of the mess that we're in. And you shared some sure. stuff with me. You're having a lot of success growing right now, which I'm excited to learn about. Um, and the second thing is you get to, as you do your own show, you're, you're talking to sales leaders and, and business leaders as well. So you have a really interesting perspective that I think our, our, our leaders are going to really like. So let's start with you. Let's start with your organization. Let's start with WebChoice, a company you own, company you're helping grow. Tell us just a high level what you guys do and, and specifically how do you help your customers? 
Sure thing, man. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's webchoiceuk.com. And it's, it's fairly short and sweet what we do. We help businesses skyrocket their leads, their sales and their brand positioning. We do that in a few different ways. So SEO, search and optimization. We help businesses get to the top of Google organic search for their main products or their main offering. Um, once we've done that, we can then help them convert more. So most importantly for our sales guys, we want fresh leads, right? Um, so we help them drive more leads through their website, get more pipelines. We help them build, build, design and build effective websites that serve as a tool for your business. So if you're e-commerce, drive conversion for sales. Or if you want to generate demo requests or consultant booking requests or whatever you want, we'll help you drive more conversions, be it sales, be it leads. Um, and we also do quite a bit of paid ad management, social and then things like custom websites and custom apps. So that's us in a nutshell, really, Rob, and kind of what we do. And we work with organizations all over the UK and internationally as well, small bit, small to, to large-scale businesses. Awesome. That's So I, what I like is the international perspective you're going to bring as well because uh, I think that the world continues to get flatter and flatter. We, we've Our radius of influence that we need to have is ever-growing, and so I can't wait to get your perspective on some of that. But let's talk about you. I mean, so – How'd you get into sales, man? I, I still haven't met the person that when they were a little kid said that when I grow up, I want to be in sales. Um, my good friend, John Barrows is trying hard to change that. And I hope he does it. But uh, I always love to hear how you got into sales and how did that lead you to web choice? Cool, man. So um, I'm afraid to tell you that I fell into sales just like many. Yep. So um, there was no kind of being a young kid, hoping that I was going to be a sales guy or a sales leader. None of that stuff. Um, it's quite funny, actually. It's because I didn't really get into work properly, although I did things like help out my parents and stuff like that when I was younger. I actually, um, although I say that when I was in school, me and my friend actually set up a, a sweet selling business, Rob. So when I was about, must have been not, not much older than 13 years old. And on the school days when I was at secondary school, they call it in the UK, just before school started. So before 8am, me and my friend would go to the corner shop down the road. We'd buy as many sweets as we could. So we might have had two pounds which is what three three dollars something like that in our pockets fill our pockets full of sweets like gobstoppers all these sweets bring them into the school gates and start selling them and what we do is we take orders the day before so we take all of our friends orders and (laughs) then we'd we'd ask them what they want write it down me and my friend reese and then the next day we'd come in first thing in the morning take the orders buy the sweets and we just do a a double margin so we just um double the prices so you keystone it i love it (laughs) so i had a little bit of entrepreneurism from my younger days but then that actually got closed down after a couple months because our our tutor our teacher caught wind of it and um he shut us down man (laughs) so let me interrupt for a second but i want to hear the rest of your story for for the rest of my american counterparts over here that when they hear sweet, they think maybe a, a, like a like a, a a place at the oh yeah you know, like candy. Sweet, I'm not look I'm not looking at oh, I'm not looking at a place in the at the in the basketball arena or a a, a suite with multiple bedrooms. We're talking about candy, <laughs> guys. Come on, let's keep going. Uh, uh, we're talking about candy. So this guy was hustling and shaking down his fellow students at a young age. Exactly, man. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was taking people's people's money even when I was young. But yeah, moving forwards, um, didn't really have. I kind of worked for my uncle. A little bit work for my dad a little bit but nothing too serious when I was about eight, 17 18 I just finished college um so that's what they call it in the UK which yep. I'm not sure if you guys high school. High school. High, high school high school that's it yep. so I did media studies um so I've always kind of been interested in creating my own content and things like that so I did media finished that and then I didn't really do anything for a whole lot of time Rob I was actually playing video games at home and <laughs> all, I actually got addicted to video games so I'd play video games for like 12 hours a day on my computer what was and the game of choice? 
I'm afraid to say it, is World of Warcraft. So I was absolutely oh, okay. sucked into that. Okay. <laughs> and um, as many people know who've played it, is it just consumes your time. Um, much like LinkedIn can, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, got sucked in. My mum said, look, Sam, you've got to get a job. Um, I was like, fine. Got myself a job at a place called Jessup's Camera Shop. So it was retail. It was selling cameras. Um, and I'll be honest, that was my first real taste, apart from the sweets of, of the candy, of sales. And I hated it, Rob. I absolutely hated it because a number of things. I hated dealing with the general public because they just treated you like a piece of dirt on the floor. Um, and there was that. There was no real training. So as far as I knew, I just had to go up to people and say, hi, can I help you? And as any sales rep knows, that's one of the worst things that you can say. If you say, can I help you? Then usual response is no, I'm just looking or no, I'm okay, thank you. Um, when we know that we should use things like pattern interrupts and different ways to reach out. So yeah, that was fun. I, I didn't like it. I did that for about a year and a half and it got to the stage where there was, I was selling like cameras ranging from a hundred pounds to a thousand, a thousand pounds, which is what, $1,200 or so. And there was no commission scheme. There was no bonus scheme. So there was no incentive for me doing the work. And I had to sell all these add-ons, all these insurance plans with them. So there was no real incentive for me to sell. So I was like, what's the point? And top that with a bad manager. I was like, I need to get out. Um, so I was really frustrated and had enough of this job and just hated speaking to people in public. So my cousin said, um, look, I, I know you hate this job. There's a job going at a place called Web Choice. I said, what's that? He said, well, we sell websites and digital marketing. I was like, sounds cool. Next day, I went in for an interview with the, at the time, owner called Felix. Interviewed me for about 20 minutes. Um, said, yeah, you've got the job. So I just walked out of the other job, the retail, because I hated it. Just walked out the next day. And... Um, yeah, funny, funny enough, I, at the time, we used to buy in leads. So we used to buy these leads for web choice where like three vendors would display an interest in a website. And um, the first call I ever made, I sold a website. Um, wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did. I pretty much just said yes to any of the customers' questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And uh, I'm pretty sure I massively undersold it. I mean, this was... This was probably almost 10 years ago now. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what happened there. And then there's a lot of things that happened in between. I'll try and kind of give you the quickest version possible. I worked at WebChoice for a while, got bored after a while because there wasn't too much going on, worked in a call center um, selling ink cartridges over the phone. And another friend got me into that job. And that was interesting because where's website was B2B selling. This was B2C, direct to consumer. So we were calling um, customers that had bought ink cartridges or toner before and basically saying, um, you've bought with us before, would you buy toner? And I got into it. The first two days, I was actually the highest, the top seller there because I found it so easy. I was used to long or fairly long sales cycles, like a few weeks to a few months for websites. I could just sell this stuff straight on the phone. One, yep. one call close, man. I was loving it. And we had a leaderboard um, at the top and I was like my name's at the top I was loving it. I'd never really seen sales like that so having okay. targets and having um, leaderboards and stuff like that so yeah that was good that taught me about kind of working to targets and, and things like that and um, fast-paced selling after that I what did I do I went I was going to join the army so I was going to join the parachute regiment I was going to be a paratrooper for the army um, so I had a stage in my life I've, I've always been keen on fitness like gym running football stuff like that soccer um, but that didn't quite evolve because I realized that I didn't really like people telling me what to do all the time. I'd rather be in control of things. So whilst I passed the training, I got in and started doing it and I, I, I bailed out, man, because I didn't like it. Um, 
After that, I worked at a startup marketing company for a little while, um, a company called Mighty Marketing Group. Well, that was good for a number of reasons. Um, that honed in on my sales skills a, a couple key things because we had a really good, the founder of the company, um, I was the only sales guy. So it was good because I had to, um, I'd never cold called like I had then before because this company had only just started up. So we sold like marketing solutions like data list rental, um, lead generation, telesales appointment setting, that kind of stuff. But we had no client list. We had no inbound leads. We had no marketing presence. We had no online presence, just a website. So there was no inbound leads at all. So I was just cold calling from day one. And I just remember like calling this, this list that I put together and just getting up at the start of the day, doing that, leaving my chair at like lunchtime and just being dripping in sweat because I was sweating so much from the calls that I was making. I didn't even realize until I moved from my desk. That's um, awesome. I love that. So that. Yeah, that was a grind. And then a few months later, I started to build up a customer list. We started to get inbound leads from our, our website and our SEO and stuff. So it started to get a little bit easier. But the reason the, the, the guy there was, was good was because he said, when, when we first got to the organization, he sat me down. He said, look, Sam, what do you want to get out of this? And I said, well, money, X, Y, Z. And he said, what do you really want to do? Um, I said, well, I want to get a house for me and my girlfriend. Um, I want to go on some nice holidays and I want to be able to kind of afford the stuff we want to do. Um, he said, look, we're going to get your house within six months. I was like, no chance. Within four or five months, I'd already had enough money to put the deposit down for a new house. He helped me set the milestones down to make it happen, which was really respectful. Although he was quite a toxic guy, it told me some key skills about target setting, about putting milestones for yourself and making things happen. So there was a lot of good things that came out, but the business did go downhill because the other guy's issues, which we won't go into too much detail, but did that for a couple of years and then um, went, went back to WebChoice and have recently become a, um, a co-owner. So there's three directors now. I'm, I'm one of the owner. Great and story. That's, that's pretty much it, man, in a nutshell. Um, so I love that. I, you, you talked about something that's piqued my interest. I didn't know if we would go to here or not, but I'm going to start here instead of going here. When you talked okay. about the, the world at the camera shop, you, you taught, one of the things that you, you talked about was having a bad manager is what you, so you called it. And then you talked about later on, you had someone that had some toxic things associated with them, but gave you leadership that helped you accomplish things. Can you talk a little bit about like with what you do, you work with sales leaders, um, some good, some bad. You've experienced sales leaders, some good, some bad. Can you talk about what makes a leader impactful? What, what makes a, le- a sales leader uh, have impact with their team? Sure. I can talk about it from my experience for sure. Um, yeah. I think it's from what I've seen, it's getting to a personal level. level. So rather than being generic and just saying what you want to do, because most sales guys want to make money, right? Um, yep. We, it's actually understanding their personal goals. So that could be, you could be that you've just got a graduate student or somebody who's just finished um, college or university that's come in, started sales and understanding what they actually want to get out of this as a career and where they want to go to. So in a year's time, they might want to get their first place or their first flat or apartment to buy, or they might just want to go on nice holidays with a partner. Um, or they might want to do something a bit more. They might say, look, in a few years' time, I want to have enough money to start my own business. So it's understanding their personal and their business aspects rather than just having random conversations that don't are, are meaningless, kind of getting behind their whys and then setting out a clear plan on how you're going to achieve this. 
So setting, saying, cool, let's, let's help you make this happen. Let's start with month one, the first couple of months, setting kind of lower targets over time doing this and then breaking those down even to even more bite-sized targets. So if you've got a monthly target saying, look, you need to hit this amount a week and to hit this weekly target, you've got to do X, Y, Z to be able to hit your monthly target and then to hit your quarterly target. So understanding what their drivers are on a personal and higher level and then working with them to kind of make it happen. I like how you identify a clear plan. I often use the term well-lit, a well-lit pathway to success. The greater the clarity, the more impact you can have is something that I believe. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, the greater the clarity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'd say, yeah, as clear, as clear as you can, really. Because if you're speaking to someone and you don't really understand, let's say it's a new sales rep and you're, you're their manager and you don't understand exactly where they want to go, it's, it's not good. And also, I'd say on the reverse side of it, if you're a sales rep and you're speaking to your manager and you feel that they don't really understand where you want to go or they're not giving you the sound advice to help you get to where you want to go or you don't understand that, for example, some people might start as a sales rep and want to work their way to a manager or director level, if they can't see that there's a clear path that they can take to get to that, then it's not really going to be an appetizing role. Yeah, because in sales, you can't get, give people uh, any guarantees. There's no certainty in sales. That's, that's one of the things no. I like about it. And people, like, if you're going to be in sales, you have to get okay with that, which is why I True. think the best leaders give clarity and, and they shine light. You know, and if you go down this way, your chances probably are best, but there's, there's certainly no certainty. Definitely. I mean, each, each week, sales is one of the most rewarding, but as I experienced last month, one of the most stressful things ever, man, especially during this pandemic, like the amount of, um, it's, it's great because I was saying to you before we started recording that we're getting some great inbound opportunities, but on the flip side, a lot of prospective customers are scared to bite the bullet and spend money because understandably it's, it, everything's not certain right now. So it's, yes, it's stressful, but it's very rewarding at the same time. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of where you guys fit. You, you do a lot of things, a lot of work in helping people build pipelines and build attention. And um, it really, that's, I think one of the hardest parts of sales is how do you get the attention of prospects? How do you do that? And um, you know, I know we're facing, you brought up the pandemic. I know we're facing something that nobody has ever faced. You can't go find someone. Oh, what happened when you went through your pandemic? No one's done that before. And um how do you play offense right now and get people's attention without being offensive? Good question. Um, are, you, are you talking more in a sales point of view or talking a marketing point of view or both? Either. Yeah, I'm interested in your perspective because that's what you help organizations do. And I'm interested in what you're seeing people have success, success with. Sure. I think now, Rob, which is what I've been preaching for a while, is you've got to think more long, long-term than ever. Mm. So a long-term play the long view, game. 100%. So fortunately for, for my side of things, as I was saying earlier, I don't have to make too many cold outreaches now. So I'm not sweating all the time in my chair and uh, kind of almost passing out by lunchtime. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I think now's the time to be, be working on starting conversations, but not looking for instant closes. Obviously, we need to be selling. So people that are saying stop selling now are just stupid. I agree with <laughs> that. That's dumb. Yep. Absolute BS. Um, we all need to be selling. We need to grow our business. Sales is the lifeblood of any business. But yep. yeah, I'd, I'd say look at more more of the long term game. So look at obviously I'm going to preach digital because I'm a digital marketing sales guy. So long term strategies. Make sure your marketing guys are looking at things like SEO um, as a long term strategy to get your website on page one of Google to drive more traffic to your site and drive more inbound leads your your way. Um, 
but things you can be doing yourself as a sales rep. Can we talk about that, Sam, first before we move off? Okay. Um, So that seems to me that, you know, if you're talking about SEO, you're talking about positioning in the market. um, That means understanding usage situations is going to be pretty important. Is that fair to say? Because, you know, if I was to go do a, a search for, the company web choice, of course I would find you. If you did a search for the company X Voyant, of course you would find me. But sure. what's the situation? Like for me, it's sales coaching. It's, it's sales leadership. And I think with what's happening right now, there are, I think this is now just me and I'm interested in what you think. I think that the usage situations are evolving rapidly right now. You know, you don't have to look any farther than Zoom. Zoom has mm. all kinds of new usage situations. If you're working at Zoom, Zoom's you're printing money. You're printing money right now. 100%. So is, is that important for a sales leader to be on the lookout for these usage situations so they can work with their marketing team more effectively? And when you say usage, do you say usage situations, Rob? What do you mean by that? Like just the situations where customers would, would be able to, to use your stuff. You know, uh, I, got it. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of, for instance, one of the companies, I have this leadership seminar that I'm taking to sales leaders for free about you know levers that you can pull as I've talked to sales leaders. And one of them is the largest sporting goods distributor in the United States. And they sell to pro teams. They sell to college teams. They sell to high school teams. They sell to club teams. Okay. Well, nobody's playing right now. So ain't nobody buying uniforms or training materials. None. Because you can't have more than 10 people in a place at a time. And um, so what they had to do is go find what are some other usage situations. Ah, I see. Kind of fishing holes sweet spots, honey holes where people, they could actually still go and help their salespeople be effective. And there's lots of examples I'm seeing of people that are finding new usage situations because as the world changes, needs change. And what I if- think that in order to have what you provide help, we have to understand our usage situations on how we can help people in different ways. And I'm wondering if that's something that a sales leader should be on the lookout for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, like you said then, Rob, if you're in an industry where people aren't buying right now because maybe you're in events where people actually need to be there at the event you're at or you're in catering yeah. or you're in tourism um, where, or, yeah, any any of those kind of industries, tourism, et cetera, where people physically can't use your product, then if you're not already ranked digitally, so when I say that, if you don't have a, a presence on SEO, if someone searches your service, so let's say you provide flights, like best flight provider in Florida or wherever you're based, um, if you're not coming up there, then that's the time to look at those kind of things because they're long term. They take months to to see the results of. So that means by the time the crisis, the pandemic's over, you'll have the positioning, and yeah. then you'll 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 get the traffic, you'll get the inbound inquiries. Um, so that's why that's why things like SEO are great because they're not quick fixes. They're different to paid ads. So paid ads isn't going to be that effective for those kind of services because yes, you might have the advertisement there straight away, but what's the point if people aren't actually needing the service right now? Um, yeah. And I think as sales leaders, that's one of the most important things for us to be watching. It just reminds me of my grandfather who taught me how to catch fish. The first thing he taught me is how to figure out where fish are. And, uh, and you know, you don't just throw your thing in the water and hope that somebody bites, you know? And so I, I, I'm thinking that right now in this time of pandemic, being like intentionally aware of where are fish and where are they moving to and where have they come from where maybe they never were before, that seems to me something that I think we're so worried about sales and hitting a number that maybe we're not looking enough at what's changed and how do we make sure that we're in a spot where people can still use us. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think kind of taking the angle away from um, digital, well, keeping it digital, but keeping it more on an outbound prospecting side of things. Something I was speaking to Dale Dupree a while about um, back ago now is that sales reps should be doing their own marketing. Yeah. So as a sales rep, I believe you need to have skills like being able to market yourself, being able to do your own content creation, being able to do your own copywriting. I think that's really important skills to possess as a sales exec or sales professional because with platforms like LinkedIn, especially if you're in B2B sales like we are, then you need to be able to craft content that appeals to your ideal customer. And how do you do that? You need to be good at copywriting. You need to understand the language that your ideal customers like. You need to put out content that engages with them. Um, And you need to be consistent, which brings us back to the long game because just like LinkedIn over time, it gets your brand out there and over time it'll bring you in leads and it'll bring you inquiries. So what can sales leaders do? I mean, this, so I love that you went there because I, I think you're onto something there. I, I love how you said there, there's some skills and, and they aren't just sales skills. <clears throat> they are because they help you with your prospecting and your marketing functions, but um, they aren't like hard selling skills. And so I think a lot of sales leaders are going to be practicing uh, and role playing and doing objection handling and how do you pitch and how do you deliver proposals and how do you do blah, blah, blah. But I like that you're like, hey, copywriting, marketing, content. How can sales leaders help their reps get good at that? Good question. I don't think there's one smooth answer. Okay. I think it does. Um, I think as well as the, the leaders helping the, the reps, so the leaders can perhaps show them books that can teach <clears> them. Um, so I'm reading a book now. I think it's called The Copywriter's Guide something like that I can give you a link after the show cool um as well as that I mean yeah they can give them books they can show them content like podcasts and things like that so there's a heck of a lot of content on YouTube and there's some great podcasts that we can talk about if you like and there's some great books out there so but that should be part of them. what they coach you think that's part of what they coach is how they develop those skills not okay. necessarily so this if 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 we're teaching how co- how leaders can teach these skills, then we're I guess we're assuming that the leader actually is able to do it themselves. That's a good um, point. That's a really so, good point, Sam. <laughs> so we're we're doing it on the presumption that the leader themselves is putting out good content. Um, so if so, they can guide them through. So they can say, look, this is how I I don't know constructed this story um, on LinkedIn, or this is how I um, did this analogy in my case comparing a website to a car. Um, you pay cheap, you get an old banger, you pay good, you get a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> so it's that kind of stuff, man, just just using analogies. And this is on the assumption that the sales leader's got to be good at themselves because if, if they're not, then it's not going to be use, useful. But and If they're not good, they need to be able to help point their reps in a direction of, of where good is. I or, mean, I, or bring someone in, yeah, or bring someone in from a third party that, that can do that stuff. Maybe I think that's business. one of the hardest leadership challenges is how do you show someone what good looks like? How do you make a model of awesomeness? What does awesome look like? I think that's one of the harder sales leadership challenges. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need, you need um, something that yields results, right? So. so let me ask you this then. How good do you think most salespeople are in general? Generally speaking, I mean, you see a lot of content on LinkedIn. If we just use LinkedIn as an example, or, or you probably have a lot of people trying to sell stuff to you. How good do you think a general salesperson is in these skills like copywriting or content creation and stuff like that? Awful. Terrible. Um, Me too. So the thing that I made the mistake of is I was in sales for years and years before I actually started investing in myself. And what I mean by that is listening to podcasts, starting reading books, watching videos. So 
I think that's something that that leaders or coaches should instill in their team that to get good faster, if you want results faster, you need to invest in yourself. As we can help you, we can give you the tools, we can coach you, we can give you all the skills. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to put in the extra mile, and um, if you're not going to invest in yourself by reading books, by listening to podcasts, and so on, then um, you're putting yourself behind. Sam, I love that. I, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down right now because I have heard a lot of salespeople bitch and say, oh, they're not developing me the way I need to be developed or, you know, I need this. I, I think every one of us is responsible for our own career and our own success. Now, yep. you, you talked about a bad manager. A bad manager is a reason to leave a job, without a doubt. I will be the first to say a bad manager is for sure a reason to leave a job, but I don't think that's what we're talking about. Like you have X number of professionals, you have X number of cycles in your professional career. It starts at sometime in your twenties and it ends whenever you decide you want it to end. And you have that much time and you're not going to be dependent on someone else to get you the skills you need. We need to get himself. I love how you said, be willing to invest in yourself. Uh, I've, I've met so many that have, and they do amazing things. And I've met so many that say, well, I can't be expected to pay for my blah, 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 blah. The company should play for that. Like, it's your career, man. I love what you're saying. Well, any other, I mean, any other thoughts around that? Because I think that's a big idea. I think as we have sales, we've got, like, we got thousands of people listening to you right now, Sam. Many of them sales leaders, many of them sales people aspiring to be that. How do you, let's talk about that. There's a lot of places we could go with that. How do you, I guess there's a few questions and you can pick whichever one you want because now I'm just brainstorming. <laughs> How do you, find like I, I would imagine that for your sales team you only want to hire people that are interested in investing in their own success so how do you how do you find those people second how do you create a culture where people are like actively trying to improve their skills let's start with those two you can pick with either one of those um, I, I'd be interested in your thoughts on those yeah I mean I think you've just got a sh- I think you've got to start in my opinion by showing them the results so you got to say, look, we've done this ourselves. Um, for example, we've hit this target or we purchased this house or whatever. There's something that's relevant to, to the guys that you're working with or the sales professionals that you're working with that's important to them in their career or their life that they can relate to. So something that they want to get to. So look, we got this result, but we didn't get there by just doing the normal stuff, by just turning up 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and just doing the normal tasks. Mm. I did this by... Um, I read some books. I read a couple of books a month. I listened to podcasts on my journey to work or when I was eating my breakfast. Um, I was tuning into this audio book. So doing this extra curricular stuff, doing this role playing stuff. Um, so and not only that, but I think that some people, I was myself. I thought it was a waste of time before I started doing it. And um, like for example, with me, I'm a really slow reader. So it takes me ages to read a book. Literally, my girlfriend takes the mick out of me all the time because she's finished like three books by the time I finish one. So that's, <laughs> that's why I'm more listening to podcasts. So I think also helping them understand what works for them because some people might learn better from learning videos. Some people might be quicker on podcasts and some people like me might be slow readers. So finding the, the medium that works best for them and then helping them make it happen, really. So whether it's supporting them with that and also giving them recommendations. So if you've, if you've consumed some content that was great in your learning, then linking them to that. Um, so those kind of things, I guess. I like that, Sam. I, I, think, I think culture is always one of the most important ingredients for a successful sales world. And if that culture can be, uh, part of that culture is 
self-improvement, not just company is going to help you improve, but my commitment to self-improvement. Um, I think that's going to go a long way to helping organizations improve much more fast than if they just try to do it through training and coaching alone. Um, I, I like that. So I, I think that's something that every sales leader can do. They can make part of their one-on-one, you know, what are the personal things that you're working on that I can help you work on? Or, you know, I could maybe throw gas on the fire that you already got burning. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely, man. Definitely. I dig it. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, I'm looking at time. I don't want to get, I could have spent the whole time on this. I've got a, I've got about 12 more minutes here. I want to get your take as a professional, as an expert on this. What do you see happening in sales? Generally speaking, what's happening in sales as we go through this? I mean, is it changing? Is it not changing? You know, there's a lot of different opinions. I I can't wait to hear what you, what you think is happening in sales right now. Well, I think an obvious one right now is inside sales is on the app. Um, because it has to be. So like, like we said before, Zoom's going through the roof. Um, inside sales is on the app, which is great for me because I'm quite an introvert. I'm not that keen on face-to-face sales. So I like doing is calls like this. Um, they're a lot more effective, a lot of better use of time. Um, I think sales reps in general, sales is, is moving more digital because we have to. Everyone's got more time right now. So everyone's messing about on LinkedIn. Everyone's spending more time on, let's say, social marketing, social selling and um, using that as a platform to do things. It feels like to me, a lot of people are investing in video as well. So video on LinkedIn seems to be a big thing right now. I'm doing quite a lot of prospecting in terms of video on LinkedIn. That seems to be pretty decent. Um, so that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's taking quite a digital angle from my side of things. Inside sales on the up. I mean, that's, that's some. some are you finding that, that, that prospects and customers are answering the phones right now? Most of the time. Yeah. I'm saying um, the same thing. And I think that I'm glad that you found that. I, you didn't know I was going to ask you that. I, I think that right now it's a good message for sales leaders to take to their sales teams is people are working from home. They still got lots that they're doing, but I'm finding that people are actually answering the phone more often now. And I, I have a hypothesis around it. I, I don't know if it's truth or not. So I'll, I'll be interested to get your take on it. Sure. <clears throat> I think that customers are more interested in and dependent on salespeople for kind of information than they used to be because things are changing so fast. And, and I think that they're more willing to at least talk right now. Definitely willing to talk. It's, it's like I was saying to you, I think people have got more time on their hands because most people are working from home. So I think that's why we've certainly seen inquiries are on the up. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's having the know-how to guide them through the process and knowing that every, not everyone's going to buy right now, which is in some cases okay, because they could still, still be in a customer in a few weeks, a few months down the line. And it's, yeah, just nurturing those correctly, but at the same time, not falling in the trap of giving away too much information so they can go and do your product or your service yourself without ever having to use you. So let's, let's circle back to where you started, playing the long game. So we do have to sell now, and, and I think that as we do things, we're going to stumble into those opportunities when you say playing the long game, what are, what's kind of a blueprint of just two or three things that a sales leader might be able to do with their team to help them effectively play the long game? So when we start to see things start to turn, we are, as you said so well, positioned to be right where we need to be as, as the long game starts to become ultimately a short game. I guess, yeah, three things. Um, cool. So in terms of in terms of um, – that side of things, I'd say one, make sure all of your team is investing in LinkedIn. So 
that, that's a given, really. So every, every everyone on your team should be should be on LinkedIn, should be putting out daily decent posts. You should be helping them create content, engaging other people's content, and then gearing up their own profiles as effective landing pages to hook leads. So doing that, um, I'd also say make sure that you are keeping up to date with all your existing customers. So all, pros- all customers you've got on the books, make sure you're still doing reviews with them. As we all know that it's way harder to find new co- prospects and customers than it is existing customers. So make sure that you're doing everything you can to serve and help your existing clients, your existing customers. So find out, if, first of all, if they're happy with everything you're doing. Second of all, what their plans are for the next few weeks, next few months, where they want to get to. And then third of all, if there's any opportunities to sell them um, particular products or services that you offer. Um, so that's the first two. In terms of three, um, I'd say as a sales leader, if you're a sales leader, then look at what's going on. I'm going to say this from a marketing perspective. So I'd Great. say look at your marketing. So make sure you've got a solid long-term strategy. So if you know full well that you've got things like paid advertisement, social advertisement, all that kind of stuff covered, then look at more longer-term strategies. So is your company putting out video content? Is your company putting out blog content? Are you, do, are you investing in long-term strategies like search and optimization? Is your, how's your email game? Um, so now's the time where you can really understand that if you are tapping into all the marketing channels that you could be to generate pipeline for the months to come, because it could be that you're lacking on certain channels. And now we've got the time because all of us are sitting at home to actually look at these and make stuff happen with our marketing departments. I think those are three really good ones. My favorite one that you said was number two. I love the idea of of doubling down with your customers and talking to them because you're going to find out by talking to your customers, what those situations that matter are. And um, I believe that if you take this time right now to make sure you're talking to your customers, at least as much as you're talking to new prospects, um, you can start to speak with the voice of your customer instead of the voice of your company. And, uh, and I think that might be one of the most important things. And I think too many times salespeople wait for marketing to help them have talking tracks and pitch points and all that kind of stuff. I I think the most effective way you can be relevant is you'd be talking to your customers because then you can say, I can be, Hey, Sam, you know, um, you know, as you tell me what you're doing, it reminds me of speaking with Dale Dupree the other day as he talked to me about X, Y, and Z and how we were helping able to get through that. I think when you could start relating like that, when you say that line, it reminds me of, I think that's one of the most powerful things you can say as a salesperson at any time, but especially okay. in a, in a challenging time. And that's why I love that point too. You made, I love that one. So cool, man. Um, I, I think those are all good. So let's, let's start to wrap this thing. We're, we're starting to run out. I want to finish the way I finished with everything. Uh, rapid fire, three questions uh, uh, in a hurry. You ready? Let's do it. Okay, number one, um, what do you think the biggest sales leadership challenge is right now, and, and how do you think people beat it? Um, biggest sales leadership. Putting you on the hot seat, Sam. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I guess recruitment. Recruiting. Um, Good one. Recruiting. Yeah. Recruiting. Okay, so how do you beat it? If that's the biggest one, how, how do you overcome that challenge? Cool. Um, so I'm going to quote something that I actually interviewed David Walter on. He gave me a brilliant tip. Um, and this was when you interview salespeople, as well as the usual questions, like asking about the deals they've closed, the customers they work with, um, the sales cycles they've done, how they hit quota and so on. Ask them what they're doing for self-development. So it brings us back to what we talked about earlier. Yes. 
if a, if a sales professional isn't investing in themselves, are they really worth investing in as, for your company? Um, maybe not relevant if they're brand new SDR or sales exec, but if they're more seasoned and they're going for a more seasoned, more um, higher role, then if they're not doing self-development, are they worth getting in? And then if they are, ask them what their favorite book is or what their favorite podcast is and the biggest lesson they learned from it. Well, you just went from biggest sales leadership challenge straight to uh favorite interview question. And what are you looking for? Is that also your favorite interview <laughs> question? That's, that's question that, two. Is that yeah, yeah. That, that would probably be one of the best from what I've heard. I mean, as well as, I mean, you can do things like you can get them doing a one day trial and see how they, how they fit in with your team. See if the culture's right. So you can get them in, get them actually in the rank in, in the trenches and get them in with your sales guys and see if they fit in with the culture and that side of things. And you can ask them the, the standard questions about what they do, sales they've made, all this kind of stuff. But it, I think self-development is important because it actually shows that they're willing to go to the next level. And then you ask some other questions about what they've learned, how they've implemented that into their strategies and things like that. And then yeah. it goes to a, a, another level. I love it, Sam, because you made a great point in our, in our conversation today that um, self-improvement. And I think the easiest thing to do is if you can just make sure you're hiring people that are committed to that, then your culture will become that because that's who you're surrounded with. I'm one of those guys that buys off on you become the average of the five people you spend the most your time with. And um, so if you're going to create this team, that's got this culture of learning and improving because that's who we are, hire people that are committed to that from the get go. So I love that one, man. Well done. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. Um, We found that leaders are readers and and the great leaders are never done on that journey of of learning and, and, and improvement. Is there like a book or, or an audible, or if you want to do it in smaller bite-sized chunks, a podcast or a blog, is there something that you would recommend to our sales leaders that they ought to get their hands on and they ought to uh, make part of what, what they're fueling themselves with? A hundred percent, man. Um, I've got a couple. I could do one book and maybe a couple podcasts if you don't mind. Great. Of course. Um, so my favorite book that I've read so far is You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar. Um, awesome. Awesome. By far the best sales book I've read. I've not read loads, but it's so good, man. I love I love Sandler Selling because it's so straightforward and it just flips the sales world on, upside down on its head. So if you're just used to traditional selling and you read Sandler, it's going to blow your mind. Um, great, great suggestion. I love it. You're the first one to put that one on, on our list. We have a library on our website of the recommended reading and we'll get that one up. Yep. Awesome book. Um, podcast wise, it's got to be the Salesman Podcast by Will Barron. It's love unbeaten that. in my opinion. Love that. Um, yeah. I've, I had Will on my show a while ago and he's, he's a great guy. He's doing good things with the sales community. Um, he is. And obviously your podcast. And then we've got um, Brandon Bonance and Sell Secrets from the Top 1%. That's, I enjoy listening to that as well when I'm cleaning the house or on the weekends. Yeah. And Brandon's been on our show as well. We like Brandon. We're a fan of what he does. Those so are great. Yeah, those are great, man. This is awesome. I, I appreciate it. So you're going to have some people that are going to be interested in what you've had to say. Um, I'll, I'll tell our listeners right now, if you're not following Sam, you know, start following him. Uh, Sam, how do people get more of you? How do they learn about web choice? If they have questions for you about stuff you've brought out, how, how do they connect with you? How do they get more? How do they continue the conversation? Hey, I appreciate it, man. Um, so please do connect with me or follow me on LinkedIn. It's Sam Dunning. My surname is spelled D-U-N-N-I-N-G. So yeah, find me on LinkedIn, connect with me there. Um, the website is webchoiceuk.com. So like I say, we help businesses skyrocket their leads, sales, brand positioning via conversion-focused websites, SEO, and digital marketing. So do connect with us. Um, and you can, you can check out my podcast where I interview business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the, around the globe to help you grow your sales and business. That's Sam's Business Growth Show. 
Yeah, and that's a great show. People that are listening to this show should give that a listen because you have had some good guests on there as well. Sam, I love it. You know, if the thing that jumps out, there's so many great points that have come out to me, but uh, I, I believe that the two things that really jump out is, is this focus on playing the long game. And the one that I really love is creating a culture of self-improvement. So that's Sam. He's helping companies play the long game and create cultures of self-improvement where the, the parts individually combine to create something much, much greater. Sam, you're amazing. I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with our listeners today. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the show. But before we get to the so what portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast this week, I'm going to do something crazy and plug myself for the first time in show history. I get so many people asking for more help around their own personal sales leadership challenges. People that are wanting to go more, get more specific, get more deeper, and, and even get more tactical. And so as a result, I've decided it's time for me to create a community for sales leaders. I've created a community called Sales Leaders United. It's a Patreon community for sales leaders that want to accelerate their personal sales leadership journey. I have every single so what from every one of these podcasts, some of my very best presentations done in both public and private settings, exclusive content where I share what I'm seeing in the one-on-ones I conduct with sales leaders around the world, and much, much more. I've created a place focused on the discipline of sales leadership with a perspective that I believe is very unique based on my career and the people that I work with every single day. If you like our podcast, trust me when I tell you, you will love my Patreon community. Please, please check out Sales Leader United at www.patreon.com forward slash Rob Jepson. If this show has ever been helpful to you and your career, please do me this simple favor and check out my community today. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I want to remind each of you that I have developed a sales leadership seminar for your sales leadership team that I want to share with you for free. After working with companies around the world as we've entered this pandemic crisis, I've found four levers the most successful sales leaders are adjusting intentionally to create success. So I've created a really well-rounded experience for your leaders that will motivate, inspire, and help you create more influence in your one-on-ones immediately. There are no strings or expectations of any kind. I want to just be helpful to as many sales leaders as possible. So please reach out to me and let's schedule your, uh, your, your experience, your seminar today. Now back to the show. I enjoyed having Sam on our show as I met him first on that USA versus UK beatdown. And it was clear that he's actively selling today. He's not one of those so-called thought leaders that's standing on the sidelines. Sam's actually out there making it happen. And I, you know, I fell in love with the story of, of starting his career in sales by selling candy at a serious markup, shaking down his schoolmates. You know, hustle's something that I never get tired of seeing in anyone in our profession. But as, as Sam talked shop with me multiple times in the conversation, he went to the fact that there are good managers and there are bad managers and the real impact that this has on any given salesperson. And, and while there's a ton of things that we talked about, I really thought that his you know, observation that he had bad managers and then he had good managers was worth digging into. So I want you to think for a minute, what makes for a good manager and what makes for a bad manager? And this is important because there's never been more people in sales than there are right now. 
and and people are getting promoted quickly and we're hiring more people and we have more and more salespeople and fewer and fewer sales leaders that are skilled and well-trained and, and experienced in the development of other people. So the chances of actually having a good manager versus a bad manager, if you're a salesperson, are relatively low and getting lower each month. That's part of why there's a sales leadership crisis. So this is a big deal. So if you're a sales manager, I want you to be introspective, and I want to kind of think through a few things. I I found four things that Sam pointed out. I want to stick to Sam's things because this is an episode with him. Um, I, I'm going to go more into this in my Patreon community, and if you go there, I'm going to I'm going to really dig into that deeper. But here's the four things. Number one, great managers create clear, well lit pathways to success. They don't just give a quota and then let the stack rank report light the way. They don't leverage pressure and they don't leverage gamification because that's exactly what those are just just tactics, and they don't really help people change. They create individualized plans for each member of the team, and then help them execute. And they're focused on helping behavior change. Now, I got another thing on my Patreon that I'm talking about on what actually leads to behavior change, because it's not as simple as just changing behaviors. It actually goes back to what you think about. Second, um, or I guess to wrap that up, the plan is super personal. It's not ever an average plan for the entire team. If all you do is have a series of, of spreadsheets on what is average, then you really don't have much of a plan at all. All you have a, all you have is a reporting mechanism. That takes me to number two. Great managers understand where the salesperson wants to end up. You know, what they want to accomplish in their profession. They understand the individual drivers of each individual. Okay, And again, that sounds like it's redundant, but it's individual drivers for each unique person. They understand that the rep very possibly may be different than the leader. You know, and you may say, how? Well, they may be different in their objectives. They may be different in their ambitions. They may be different in what their needs are. They may be different in what they want for themselves. It's so many more than that. So given this, the great leaders roll up their sleeves and then help salespeople find the path to get there. Not where the leader wants them to be, but where the rep wants to be. Which takes me to number three. Great managers create a culture of self-improvement. They don't just hire people and then, quote, get out of the way or say, kind of, quote, I'm here if you need me. There's a culture of improvement where the salesperson is a very active conductor of their own train. Number four. Great managers play the long game without sacrificing the short game. I loved how Sam talked about this. They help make small course corrections rather than drastic changes. Okay, so it's going to be course correct and then execute, course correct and execute, course correct and execute. And you're making one to two degree changes rather than 45 to 90 degree changes. And, and, and as a result, coaching becomes very strategic and very inspirational. And, and, and by doing this, they then also really invest in helping them make these reps make commitments in their one-on-ones rather than just talking at a high level. I found that talk is cheap, and I really connected to this. The great leaders help their reps keep doing rather than wishing. So those are the four things that I thought Sam pointed out that were really meaningful. And there are many more ways that we can stand out as leaders, but one of the most important ways sales leadership has not changed in the last 90 days. And in a world where tons have changed in 90 days, there's a few things in sales that have not. One of them is that salespeople want to be in an environment where they know what they need to do in order to win. That is a big deal. So they need well-lit pathways to success success now more than ever before. We owe it to them to identify which parts of the playbook have changed and which have remained the same. 
Here's what you should be thinking hard about. 83% of managers say they're awesome at coaching. 83%. But when we talk to the reps working for those managers, over 50% of the time they say the one-on-one never happens. And when it does happen, it's only helpful 13% of the time. So before you say, oh, I've got this coaching thing on lock, think again. I'm going to go Lee Corso on you and say, not so fast, my friend. Most sales leaders have never really had help on what makes for powerful coaching and one-on-one sessions. It is a skill you need to work actively on, you know, just like you did when you were working on your selling skills. So it's never been more important to be a great manager than it is right now. And the number one tool great managers use is that average or poor. Let me say this again. And the number one tool that great managers use that average or poor managers don't use well is the one-on-one. Think about that. So I'm telling you, that I've never seen the one-on-one be more impactful than it is right now. Now is the time to rethink your one-on-ones. So I'm offering every single listener of the show a free consult on your one-on-one structure and system. I'm serious. Hit me up. I want to collaborate, and I want to help you with the one-on-one approach. Um, if you got it on lock and, and, and there's nothing that we can improve, then there's no harm in having a conversation. But my experience is most of the time we do these things with blinders on. And when you have the opportunity to have someone uh, peel the blinders back, only good things happen. So I hope as many people blow up my inbox as possible at Rob, R-O-B, at X-V-O-Y-A-N-T dot com. I hope I get tons of requests to rethink the one-on-one. I've had a bunch take me up already, and I hope even more do next week. So, Sam, thanks for joining us. Congrats on your success at WebChoice. I have no doubt you'll continue to have record-setting growth. Most of all, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The show continues to grow fast each week. I can't thank you enough for the support and for the shares. If you liked our show today, please, please, please head to iTunes and give us a five-star review as this is the very best way for the show to grow and for me to continue to get success in having access to the best sales leaders in the world. So, here's to becoming the great manager. Here's to creating experiences worth talking about. Here's to helping make things personal with your team and help teams and help your teams take things relevant. You know, sales is simple when you do it right. Don't start looking for silver bullets again. Look for the fundamentals and help your team become great at them and they will thank you for it. So I wish you all a fantastic week and as always, don't worry, just execute cuz we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com. <laughs>